atheism, even if they leave Islam, they're cultural Muslims because they grew up that way. I would like to meet an, an ex-Muslim atheist. Denying the existence of God completely would be, I mean, it'd be like a unicorn. Welcome to Crossing Phase, a podcast where Christian and Muslim talk religion and politics. My name is Matt Hawkins. My co-host is John Pinna. We're going to talk about a couple different topics today. Tennessee, we uh, we finally have fall weather. We had like summer part three up through last week. Okay. Finally, the temperature dropped, so we're no longer having days in the 80s, and uh, our nights are actually down in the 50s and 40s. So it's, uh, right it's finally on. fall. We think autumn. You know, autumn it's autumn a... for now. What is your what is your donut of the week? It's a breast cancer awareness month. All right. So a buddy of mine was, is a, he's a dude that had, had, that's a survivor of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to die on this hill, but it's like 1% of the breast cancer cases are dudes are men. Yeah. So he's like a survivor. So we, you know, diagnosed, went through all the business and, uh, and so uh, we have a pink donut. So we have plain powdered sugar, cinnamon sugar all the time. Uh, and so instead of, and so we have those, and then we have a granulated pink sugar donut. And uh, and then we've got two pieces of bar because he's an artist um, that we're doing sort of a silent auction. And then we're going to donate the funds to, uh, there's a, a male breast cancer awareness coalition and we're going to donate the funds to that. Yeah. And so, and I've already gotten flack for it because they're like, I should donate to the mainstream breast cancer. Like, like let, the, let, let just let, let's let the dudes get some cash. Let's let them get a donation and let's let these surviving dudes have a community. Can we? You're, try, you're trying to elevate a, a segment of, of, of breast cancer patients. That's good. Good for you. I mean, I know, I mean, I know, I know, I know some ladies that went through it and they had that mastectomy and all that business, but I think that dudes don't have the same support system and that doesn't devalue. I don't see how that devalues if a, a woman has breast cancer and this isn't an anti-female conversation. It's just, but I had two ladies that said that that's, that's re, that's, that I'm, a, that I'm a terrible person because I'm not considering the majority of people that get breast cancer. And I'm going, hmm. you know, I honestly don't really know about it, but uh, enough about it to weigh in on whether I should be funneling as much money as I can into the mainstream. I'm taking care of this constituency because I know that the guy that went through this, um, it was, you know, scary. And it was tough. And the support system that is there for dudes is spotty at best. And therefore, you know, somebody should highlight that aspect of it. And um, I don't think it's a hate crime to do that. So, and and I can take donations forever, whatever not-for-profit I I choose. So um, we're in America and we can do whatever we want. And I I just think it's funny that you can do, even in doing something, that has a story behind it and has connectivity and is still goodwill. Someone can find a problem with it and figure out, engineer a way in which somehow you're being a bad, bad, or, or, or at least 
create the narrative that you're being bad by doing good. Yeah, uh, even, even charitable donations are subject to polarization. For, for, for breast cancer, for guys that have breast cancer, which is a thing, you know, it's it's a thing. Yeah. So, right. like, well, so anyway, you know, so you know what else is apparently a thing? Um, we've got apparently, supposedly, a rise in atheism among Muslims. So I want to get your reaction to an article that we both looked at. And then uh, the Guardian saying that religious exemptions are going to set back the whole COVID vaccine uh, initiative. So um, the articles from the National Interest reads, atheism among Muslims is, scare quotes, spreading like wildfire. Um, nothing like a clickbaity title. Uh, to yeah. grab, grab yeah. our re- religious and political attention. Uh, sub sub uh, had, Subtitled, Atheism Among Muslim Populations Was Once Unthinkable, But Individuals Are Now Renouncing Islam At Greater Rates Than Ever Before. I have thoughts. No doubt you have thoughts. What's your reaction to this piece, John? I think atheism might be the wrong way of looking at it, right? So I, I, I pulled up the, the definitions yeah. I mean, like, and I, I'm, I'm, and I, of course, I pulled it up, and now I don't, I don't have them up. But let's just atheism as being, you don't accept the evidence of God, right? Um, and 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 stay extremely speculative of the evidence of God, right? Whereas Gnost, as Gnostic, agnostic is, is, you don't really know and you don't really care, right? Am I wrong? Uh, yeah. Well. I- I'm not sure if, if care matters. I think agnosticism, again, this is going to depend on the agnostic, right? So it could be, it could be just well, like you described it. Uh, but I think agnostics, basically, uh, the assertion is we can't know. There's a, there's a limit to human knowledge about the divine, if there is a divine. I think that that would be a right, so agnostic here we go. position. So which atheism, is which is, atheism takes it farther and says there is no God. So, yeah, so like, I'm just going to pull up the definition because it's like, you know, dude, you and I deal with this a lot, but so a, a person who believes that nothing is known, this is an agnostic, or can be known of the existence or nature of God. So it can't be, it's not known and it can't be known or anything beyond the material phenomenon, a person who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God. So that's agnostic. Don't really know. And I don't really care. Right. So that's how I kind of described it. Then atheism is the absence of belief in the existence of deities. Yeah. Less broadly, atheism is the rejection of the belief that any deities exist. Okay, so, you know, I I find I I find that the idea presented in the article for like wildfire. I think that most Muslims end up being who leave the faith agnostic or jump into another abrahamic faith yeah i think atheism i don't even if they even if they leave islam they're cultural muslims because they grew up that way period islam is not a religion as much the more it's so much as it's a way of life that is tied to uh, a divine path right so so the problem is I, I would like to meet an an ex Muslim atheist. Yeah, I mean, just denying the existence of God in completely. I mean, you may not, 
like Islam, you might get away from Islam, you might go on a different path, okay? You know, there's no compulsion, so you can do whatever you want. So, but the challenge would be is like to deny the existence of God would would be, I mean, it'd be like a unicorn. Right, yeah. You know, well, um, the only you- person that I believe is like that, I'll be honest with you, is Reza Asalam, who is the, the, he's an awesome author, no God, but God. Um, he did write Zealot, which was a peculiar book about Jesus and how he was part of the Zealot movement. And I think his whole argument is if I repeat it enough times in the book, um, people will start believing it. Um, so his repetition in that book is quite unnerving, but nobody can go toe to toe with uh, no God, but God. That's a that's yeah. like required reading for any of my classes and that I teach. And and I always suggest it to people. And it's just a great snapshot if you want to learn about Islam. But I think Reza, because he vacillates between Islam and evangelicalism, and he goes back and forth. I'm pretty sure he's a nihilist, um, and uh, and he believes in nothing. But I'm I'm and I, but he is the most articulate person in the top three of the most articulate people that can talk about religion in uh, in the public space and on the news defending muslims and defending faith beliefs but i think it's because he's a nihilist and he believes in nothing and i think that objectiveness has given him a competitive advantage over everyone else interesting so in this in the in the russian sense of the word right so when i first learned about nihilism i learned about it learning about the russian revolution and imperial russia reading imperial russia when i was in when i was college because i that's that was my major right was russian and religion and so um and i was just fascinated with the idea that you could believe in nothing and i really didn't know what it meant until i and i I shouldn't say until recently but i think i've met more nihilists in my latter part of my life that I have in any other part. And I think it has to do with technology and cell phones and gaming, but I don't really know. Um, but um, see, see the problem, the problem in my, in my pop culture influenced brain is that we, we talk about nihilists and all of a sudden I go to big Lebowski. True. And John true. Goodman. Yeah, that is a- <laughs> he says, say what you will about national so- socialism, man. Yeah. At least, yeah, yeah. at least it's an ethos. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's an ethos. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think that like, it, like Reza, like, I don't know, I don't know him personally. So, and, but I'll, I'll take two, two profound authors. One is Reza Arsalan and the other one is Mustafa Akul, um, the, the Turk, the, 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 the Turk who, who wrote, um, Islamic Jesus. And so Mustafa is like, a, he's a person of faith. He, he, he speaks his convictions and he speaks it from a really particular beach of the pond, right? Um, and, uh, and it's very convincing and articulate, probably, you know, getting the two of them in a room would be just phenomenal. Uh, but Reza fascinates like I said, between two religions, sometimes he's Muslim, sometimes he's evangelical. We don't really know. And, uh, but because I, I do believe that he's an, as I do believe that he's a nihilist and in, in doing so he is able to put on the mantle of whatever he wants at that moment and just speak you know he like just takes the other side and because he's so educated because he's so articulate because he can think fast on his feet because he's he's just a dynamic he's a dynamic mind he can like jump around and so you could turn around and be like let's get in a conversation about 
uh, you know, whether robots are going to take over the, 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 the planet and you'd be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be the first pe people, you know, humankind, person kind, whatever you want to call it. And you're going to be the robots and he could defend it because mm. he really doesn't, he'll take on that. He's a chameleon, a conversation chameleon. So um, I think it would be very, I think he might be the only atheist Muslim, ex-Muslim out there that I know of. Not saying yeah. there aren't more Did out you there. Well, did you read? I'd read last year this book by Ali Rizvi. You know, yeah. Ali Rizvi, the the atheist Muslim is his his book title, "A Journey from Religion to Reason," um, and his story, as I recall, sounds more like actual atheism than I think is reported. I think atheism, particularly in this national interest headline, is a little sloppy because halfway down the article, they do explain that uh, they clarify misunderstanding. It says, the, quote, the word atheist, along with the organization ex-Muslims of North America, in this case, refers to Muslims who, quote, adopt no positive belief of a deity, unquote, including agnostics, pantheists, freethinkers, and humanists, but not converts to Christianity. Um, so atheism, the word atheism here seems to be a really broad bucket right for well right so kind of this is maybe, so this, maybe muslims who have they're 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 let me s see if this is precise enough uh or closer close enough to what you think you're seeing um like you said so much of islam is wrapped up in cultural commitments right um and expressions it's not all religion and it's not all deity and so is there a sense that which these Muslims broad painting with broad strokes or people who are kind of opting out of the religious commitments or the, the metaphysical commitments or holding the metaphysical commitments more lightly, right. Uh, than a lot of, a lot of Muslim counterparts, but they're not, they're not like a Christopher Hitchens, Sam Harris kind of atheist. No. Right? So, all right. So, there's there's a war in, in going on in Islam right now, right? So so and just imagine whatever like the Reformation, right? So to any Wahhabi or any Salafi or any Talib or any Diabani or any um, any of those sects uh, that are far out, um, and I believe they're all doomsday cults in Islam, right? So right. so um, to any of them. If you're not one of them, you're an atheist. You don't believe in God. Oh, they only believe in God. So who's defining who's becoming an atheist, right? So um, I, I don't know how it works. I mean, I know in, in the Catholic Church, right, you become excommunicated, right, because of some kind of heresy. Does that heresy then mean that you don't believe in God, right, that you've left the kingdom? I, I don't know. But some of the definitions between some of these doomsday cults, it, they would say that I don't believe in God because I'm not one of them. Right. Yeah. So, so and, and if you were going to take the, like the Taliban, for example, or you were going to take a, like you said, the Diabonis, or you're going to take a Salafi or what it is. And you say, okay, who is, who, you know, what's happened to Islam. I think they would say that they'd agree with this article and they'd say that everybody who's outside of their sect is an atheist. They don't really believe in God. We only yeah. believe in God. ISIS, we only believe in the true God. We only believe in what's going on. Now, 
I think that these people, that this article doesn't necessarily, it's not, I don't think like Wahhabis are writing the article, but no, that's one not. camp. The other are, camp would be. These seem to be more Western academics. I mean, you've got, you've got polling from, um, you've got polling from Gallup here. You've got Philip Jenkins weighing in. Right. Um, but I don't think they understand that there's, that there's, there was a movement back in the day. This, uh, there was the, uh, the Mutazilis, uh, Mutazilites, they're like, they didn't, they believed in this sort of Greek idea of Islam, um, the idea of, um, of these, they, they basically instituted Greek ideals within Islam. Um, and they, they spent a tremendous amount of time uh, looking at, you know, pathos and all these different things within Islam. All right. And they're basically uh, everybody says they kind of died out, but I would disagree with that. And I would say that there's a quite a few Muslims out there that believe in this idea of um, this the Mutazali ideas, ideals, which is like, um, I don't know, humans have a total of free will of free will of uh, uh, have total free will and and have the same free will as God. Right. And the idea would be that. God doesn't necessarily exist in your life because you are the totality of uh, God's creation. So whether he exists or not is, is, is almost immaterial because you are acting um, with all the powers of God. Yeah. Uh, um, and so the idea is, is that God is perfectly good and evil only exists be because men have, or, or people have free will. And, and, and it created this sort of community of this, I don't want to say atheist community, but it can be looked at that as, as an atheist movement within Islam to focus on solely yourself uh, and the material world and really kind of think of God as being so far away in a very Epicurean way, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was a way to explain how human suffering exists so humans are suffering because people are being bad bad and they're taking the free choice to be bad right um and then the idea is is that it, it focuses more on morality and like a stoicism right so stoicism yeah. stoics focus on virtue and that's a very greek sort of idea right and so yeah. could you be virtuous and and ver being a virtuous individual was the highest best way to get to the highest form of being a person and, and, and salvation sort of adjacent. And yeah. so I think, I think they're talking more like a Mutazali type of thinking um, okay. than they are atheism. I think they're talking about focusing on the individual sort of leaving traditional yeah. Islam, like you were mentioning and sort of entering into a world of free choice and uh, where your personal virtues are the, are the most, are the strongest. And so I would argue that whoever wrote this article needs to look at this movement and not look at it as died off because it's a very big in Shiism and it still exists in Shiism, it's taught in Shiism in a different way. Um, but the, the Sunnis and Shia uh, uh, both have communities of Mutazali type of thinkers. And, um, and I think that we've lost a lot of, if you're looking at terrorism and you look at doomsday cults and what they're doing in Islam, and you see what's going on, you want to retreat 
from the faith and then focus on your, 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 you know, your virtues and say, I'm not, I'm not for terrorism. I'm not, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to do this stuff there. And, and so I'm going to deny the existence of my affiliation with Islam and therefore the Muslim, Muslim God, Allah, which is the same God as everybody else. And <laughs> I always got to make that disclaimer because Allah just means God, right? I'm um, supreme being. So, and so the idea is just Arabic. For the, all right. So, um, <laughs> For, for the sake of my audience, John and I obviously disagree on that point, but continue. Well, I, I you guys, your God is is the like Pauline adjacent. Let's keep, not get keep, into it. Let's not going. get into it right now. Keep going. I can't. I can't. So <laughs> don't so, go down the rabbit trail. <laughs> so Hitchens, you know Hitchens, the guy yeah, that was the sure. biggest atheist. He uh, really fight. It's, I, this is a really great example, I think, of of this sort of mutazali type of thinking. He was all about. Uh, you know, pathos and all this stuff, all these Greek ideals, but he hated one religion more than most religions and he hated Islam more. Right. And I, I remember uh, and, that. Yeah. And, and so it's really funny that he, he was against God and religion and everything else and was this proud atheist, but he hated one religion more than the rest. Um, and so I find that very funny because then he's not really an atheist, right? So he's, he's kind of picking and choosing and he's gravitating more towards Western Christian religion, you know, you know, and, and, and giving them a, a little bit more of a pass than he is another religion. Whereas if you were a truly atheist, you would say none of this exists. All this is, 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 is not good. And therefore um, everybody uh, can, is on the chopping block, but he saved um, he, the, the religions that were close to him and his upbringing um, and saved his, you know, he didn't release as much venom on, 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 on them as he did on, on Muslims. Sure. Um, and, uh, and I thought that was, that, that would, you know, he kind of picked and choose. And that's like, to me, a fisher uh, in his argument is like, well, why wouldn't you just, you take them all and throw them in one big pot? Um, Cause it's, it shows favoritism uh, and it shows faith. And I think he up to his death and I'm sorry that he is dead, but and maybe it's speaking a little bit. I don't know, but I think he was. I, I think he was lying to sell books. You know, to be honest with you, and he made a whole career about. Well, money. let's 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 not let's not besmirch the dead without sufficient evidence to make that kind of besmirch. I mean, like he he was a public figure, spoke about it, wrote books. Sure, I think he's fair game. Um, you know, he's not. You know, so. Um, I mean, that's what I believe and that's what I think. I, I wish that I could chat with them. So, but sure. I think um, we can put this in the show notes, the, you know, the, the, the community that I'm talking about. And I think that this is where a lot of, a lot of Muslims go when they reject Islam and religion in general, they don't yeah. go into another religion. They go into this very Greek way of thinking, a very stoic way of thinking uh, and, uh, and become numb to their faith uh their upbringing and their faith and yet but yet they still continue as cultural muslims uh so um and that in in many in many many cases only because they if they have they they'd have to really just cut themselves from their entire community and families and so forth for them to truly be an atheist right um their belief system might be atheist in nature but by socializing they would be there, there would still be uh, tentacles into the faith, um, but I do think they're 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 mutazali as in thinking and and thought and and in practice, and I think that's what this article is talking about. Does that make any yeah. sense? It does. It does. Um, 
it does it does give some some hard numbers or some some hard data um most of the way down they they glean some data from the gallup survey from 2012 so like a lot of this stuff is not new necessarily maybe maybe it's more visible maybe folks are being more visible in their expressions or at least maybe showing up in in polling but as early as 20 uh, 2012 quote convinced Atheists made up 2% of the population in Lebanon, Pakistan, Turkey, and Uzbekistan, 4% in the West Bank and Gaza, 5% in Saudi Arabia. Um, and then the same poll found, quote, not religious persons more numerous, right? So there's a right. different, the, 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 this polling is doing, doing some extra work to demarcate between, quote, convinced atheists and, quote, not religious, right? I think right. We, we can recognize that there's a, there's a worthwhile difference there. Uh, domestic atheist groups tend to want to grab everybody in the not religious category and, and kind right, of- Right, because not religious generally means them. no practice. Right. Yeah, right. right? Right. And so not religious persons are more numerous, according to this, that uh, 10-year-old Gallup survey, 8% in Pakistan, 16% in Uzbekistan, 19% in Saudi Arabia, 29% in the West Bank and Gaza, 33% in Lebanon, and 73% in Turkey. Um, and so you, you do have um, significantly more people claiming the... Uh, kind of claiming the not religious title versus yeah. the convinced atheist title. And I think that's where that's kind of, we always want to, anytime someone deploys atheism, particularly in a, in a wide way, I, we always want to kind of peek behind the curtain and look in the article and see what they're but actually describing. Secularism. Doesn't it say in there? Like, I don't know. It's the problem is, is whenever something's been a secular government or movement within a Muslim majority country, it generally means a totalitarian regime. Saddam Hussein, you know, Mubarak in, yeah. in Egypt. Yeah. You know, so, so secularism is a tough, is very tough. It's not as, as vanilla as it is in the West, right? So, and it means generally totalitarian regimes that are very brutal towards its people. Um, yeah. But I will put this in the notes. I think that if whoever hears this, particularly on the Muslim side, will probably slam me. And if Reza hears what I said about him, I hope he doesn't. I have a lot of respect for him, but I do believe he's a nihilist. But I, I hope that he doesn't um, take offense by that. Um, well, I think, and I think just think it, it's it's another lesson in headlines and clickbaits. I mean, the headline it reads: "Atheism among Muslims is quote spreading like wildfire." Well, if you if your understanding of atheism is a Christopher Hitchens, uh, Sam Harris kind of atheism, that headline is just flat wrong. Yeah, right? um, you might you you might do better to say you know, religious practice is declining, um, right? Right, uh, or something. Yeah, like that. and I think that's uh, fair. And that so or kind of the not religious. Is, uh, less religious Muslims are spreading like wildfire, something like that. But the headline, as it, as written, is just not not terribly helpful. Yeah, I mean, well, just to, if I like just me saying that a movement that died out in like the 11th century is coming back in Islam right. within the Muslim community, that probably is something that is it's I would say controversial, and from the sense that it, it, it's it's the idea that you are the center, and and it, it's it's an anti it's it's an, an anti, anti I can't say the word now antithetical to <laughs> to the idea of submission right um the idea that islam you know the idea of submitting to god right so it's it's that's the problem is that you're focusing on your free will you're focusing on your actions you're focusing on your virtue you're focusing on 
all the things that um, um, you're folk, and then you're also focusing on well, if somebody else does bad towards me, um, that's that's I need to combat that with my good virtue rather rather than pray and do this. It's it's actions. It's all action based, and so it's very much about focusing in the moment. Um, the Mutazalit movement was broader than that, but I think these concepts are very are, are very prevalent within Muslim communities and very prevalent within those that are separating themselves from practice and belief and and from the communities, right? So the theology, the, I would say religion is three things, right? So I think it's an identity, community, and theology. And I think you could survive in a faith with any one of those. But if you're going to reject all three, they become very, they become a mutazalite in, in, because they can't get any farther away. Um, but maybe, maybe, maybe Reza can have a class, hold a class about nihilism and maybe he can help. But, um, and I wonder, like I said, maybe I'm not smart enough to figure this out, but are nihilists, like and, and a nihilist can be an atheist. An atheist can be a nihilist. Is a nihilist an atheist? <laughs> I, I think I think a nihilist would by default have to be an atheist, but not all atheists atheist, right? would all, all yeah. atheists would not be right. Uh, yeah, I think nihilist. I got that mixed up. Just right, but that's, that's my point. Is like is like so. I think a nihilist has to be an atheist, or a part like every nihilist is an atheist, but not every atheist is a nihilist or can be a nihilist. You know, so I think there's something there. Like I think there definitely is a. Um, I, I, but I, 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 we need to get a nihilist. Is, is there a nihilist, a famous nihilist out there? We need to get one of them as a speaker. I don't know. But we'll, then again, would they show up because <laughs> they don't believe in anything? So would they, are they, do they adhere to timetables? <laughs> do they believe in the timetables? I don't know. What they, you know, they, I don't, I don't even. Do they believe in watches? That's funny. Do they believe in phones? I don't, maybe we, maybe there's a lot of nihilists. We just can't get in touch with them. I don't know. <laughs> That's All a, right, a, I, we've we've exhausted that topic. Um, <laughs> the, the, the other uh, the other topic we wanted to chat about briefly we we've got a, a previous episode or two where we talked about oh religious God, exemptions yeah. and vaccines, particularly related to the COVID vaccine. So if you haven't heard that uh, or watched that episode, uh, just go a few episodes back and you'll find that. Um, but there's a headline in the Guardian. Religious exemptions threatened to undermine U.S. COVID vaccine mandates, and of course, um, like all of our all of our um, headlining gripes, the article then goes on to talk about the situation in California specifically. Um, so you're, the headlines already immediately extrapolating from California to the U.S. Um, look, we we talked about uh, objections to the vaccine. I think. You know, the California situation is kind of interesting um, because they, in par in parallel with kind of the, the rightward version of vaccine skepticism and vaccine rejection, hesitancy, anti-vax, whatever, however you want to categorize them, um, there was already a, a leftward parallel in an anti-vax movement, on, particularly on the coast, particularly in California and then up in the Northeast, where they started offering personal exemptions, not just religious exemptions, but personal exemptions from uh, particularly childhood mandated vaccines. And so you had that movement long before Trump and long before the COVID vaccines. Um, and so you have a situation now where uh, 
state state level folks are trying to ratchet back those personal exemption opportunities uh, in the face of COVID. But um, having those kinds of ideas, either policies in the water um, and, and ideas floating around, you know, if, if you're offering personal exemptions for any reason, then it's pretty hard to deny someone a religious exemption uh, on that ground because then all of a sudden it is, in fact, uh, would be um, religious discrimination. So um, California legislature and, <laughs> and the rest of the state have a complex issue on their hands. Um, I still don't think, I, I can't imagine... As much as I, you and I discussed, we don't really think there's much merit in most cases to religious exemptions from COVID vaccines. Um, you and I are in agreement about this. It's like, get the vaccine, stop fooling around. Right. I think um, that's the bottom line, right? That's even our PSA. As, yeah, even as bad as it is, might be, I can't, I can't imagine it really being, you know, religious exemptions being on a scale that really mess with like The Christian COVID. scientists we talked about, this Christian scientists, yeah. I get it. They don't do any of this business. They haven't done any of it for a long time. And I get it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the Amish, maybe, maybe the, 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 um, I think Jehovah's witnesses, probably maybe the Jehovah's Witnesses. What's that? I can't remember that. The, Oh, I can't remember the other, other group, but those groups, whatever those groups are. Yeah, I get it. Like they don't do this. So that's just not their jam. It's not their circus, not their yeah. monkeys. Great. Okay. So those, I get it. But if you're going to claim religious exemption because you're just scared or you don't want to do it or, and, and you're going to hide behind your faith um, when there's virtually no justification for it, I just, I just think they're scared. Yeah. I just think they're well, making a political statement. I think they're well, just trying to be difficult. Yeah. I think the sincerely held standard is pretty helpful here because uh, someone, someone can establish you know, right. you can establish that you generally that. eschew uh, pharmaceuticals and that you've in the past uh, declined opportunity for other vaccinations. You've not ever received the flu vaccination. I think if you can uh, prove that kind of um, lifestyle, I think, you know, you you're you're well on your way to justifying a religious exemption. Um, but to flag a religious exemption for the only for the covid vaccine after having uh, lived a life that um, uh, takes advantage of, of modern pharmaceuticals and other vaccines. It's really, really hard to justify a religious yeah. exemption for the COVID-19. You may have other exemptions, uh, constitutional, personal, um, medical for certain, um, uh, as indicated by a doctor. Uh, but let's, let's not call things religious exemptions that are not actually religious exemptions, because that, uh, for you and me, waters down um, religious freedom protections for everybody in the long term. Um, when everything and, and then religious the, when everything's religious exemption, back, nothing's religious. And then I'll slam everybody's freedoms, religious yeah. freedoms. You know, that's the problem. That yeah. it's like we're talking about definition of atheism, right? So you know, and so like I'm sitting there bringing up the mutazilis because the term mutazili literally means one who withdraws. That's literally what that term means, right? So. I think that that's what they mean in that article. I think in this article, or in, in when it comes to religious exemptions, I think it's don't want to. And I think that's that's what those articles should say. People that don't want to take the vaccine are hiding behind, you know, and I think that's what that's how it should start. Um, but unless you're part of those, you know, those communities that have a legacy and and have a legitimacy of not doing, adhering to medical 
practice, advice, and and requirements, you you just have no leg to stand on. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. So, and I, we, we and like I said, we talked a lot about this. So, w- when it comes to this, I think it is. I think it's putting things in jeopardy. But I also think that if you play with the bull, you're going to get the horns. A lot of these people that 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 end up in the hospitals are getting you know getting sick and then they recant. They say, "Oh, I should have done. I should." My cousins are that way. I have my I have my cousins in upstate New York, and they uh, farther up than I am, and they all got COVID and all got really sick. And my aunt's got some complications for it because she had lung cancer, and uh, and they all and my my other cousins got lupus, so he. He got complications because he didn't take the vaccine. And they all said, we, we, you know, we, I thought I knew, I thought I was smarter than the system. I thought I was all these different things. And now uh, I regret it, you know, and that's because now they have all these weird complications. Um, And so I think that everybody who gets COVID who doesn't have the vaccine regrets it. And the bottom line is the vaccine helps. And look, I, I, you, you and me, I, I, I have a lot of problems with, with, with Fauci. And I was working in, on the COVID task force for religious, uh, the, the, open, the opening up of religious uh, places of worship and a number of other issues, just particularly on religious issues, now medical stuff, right? And trying to figure out how to allow people to worship and gather and pray and assemble. Yeah. And so, and I was providing the Muslim perspective. Um, and so I get it. Uh, I get that, like the, the the challenges with everything, but the problem is, is like Fauci was he was vacillating back and forth, but you can't get caught up in the politics and personalities of of what was said when it was said. If you have the vaccine and you have no no legitimate reason not to get it, it when you get COVID, it will help you fight it. I mean, I, I and and the problem is, is no one's just saying that very very plainly. Um, I wish I, I just, I, they need to take cybernetic, you know, stuff and they need to revamp Everett Koop, that guy that was the, the <laughs> surgeon general from back. the eighties. <laughs> like this guy was always around. We always knew him. And when he popped up on television and he said, if he turned around and said, listen, everybody needs to start growing wings because we are all going to start flying in the next three years. We'd all start doing it because we knew him, we respected him and everything else. I think the problem is, is we don't have like a solid person that we can count on from a medical, that can give a medical perspective. And I think that's a problem with this, these administ- with every administration since Reagan is they need, well, maybe past Reagan, a little bit past Reagan, maybe like Bush, young Bush, is that, that we need to, start putting our surgeon generals in front of the public on a regular basis so that we can start understanding, respecting, and they can be the mouthpiece of what's going on instead of like Fauci just coming out from nowhere. And yes, we, he had this great career, but I never saw the guy before. So, um, and you know, I can imagine if I was in Indiana or Tennessee and you start hearing some guy with a New York accent telling you what to do with yourselves. (laughs) I know you guys get really nervous with that. So what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, we we've kind of rehashed the 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 how the U.S. government uh, handled the whole COVID thing, uh, botched it botched it pretty well in a number of respects. Uh, still doesn't change the fact that there's a serious disease out there that everybody's going to either get or get the vaccine, and um, and uh, you know it's a pretty pretty remarkable 
um, achievement that uh, medical science uh, contributed by people around the globe uh, have uh, been able came up with a vaccine and deployed it uh, so rapidly. Um, you know, three yeah. three different varieties to choose from at least. And uh, uh, again, it wasn't something that came up within just a year or less. Uh, these are this, these are these are medical technologies that have been uh, worked on and developed for you know over a decade. Uh, my wife Crystal is a nurse practitioner, and when she was in nursing school, uh, they were talking about mRNA vaccines. Now, this is the first public deployment of it, um, for sure. Uh, but the technology's you know been uh, you know been. Uh, investigated and researched for years and years and years. So um, it's pretty remarkable thing that they were able to turn that around as fast as they did uh, in spite of um, however the federal government could have um, handled things better. Lots, lots to regret on that for sure. Um, but it doesn't change the facts on the ground that, uh, that there's a disease and we have a, of three different varieties of functional, um, successful vaccines. The availability of it, in, and it's free. I don't, I just, I, I think the problem is that a lot of people, until it, do they get it and they have to deal with it, they don't, it's hard to conceptualize. And uh, I don't know, it's, but you know, the, the bottom line is, is that, is that it's a public safety thing and we all need to be doing our part to protect our fellow person and our yeah. fellow people around us. and. Are you, you know, incentivizing I, I, upstate New Yorkers with your donuts if they get uh, new vaccines yet? Listen, I'm not going to say that <laughs> our donuts fight against, you know, are an effective, uh, uh, an effective deterrent against COVID, but you can't, you know, it's proved that, it, that it's not. And, <laughs> and here's the thing. I opened this place in the last November. And since last November, the cases of COVID have been dropping off. Uh, yeah, so, sure. <laughs> so I got that correlation, buddy. Cases, sure. There's less cases in Ulster County than there were now than there were in November. Period. Ride that correlation. So, Love it. <laughs> period. Look, it's the same thing that the Pew's do Pew's doing with their with their their uh, all their surveys. They're just they're making these wild assumptions. You know, it's the same thing with the Christians when you guys say they're most persecuted. You guys are you know, all these fanciful equations that are, that are, they're looking at numbers like that. So um, I just, I, I'm not going to say they're not, but they are delicious. So, uh, so <laughs> all right, know. my friend, uh, check us out uh, at crossingphase.com. This has been Crossing Phase with Matt Hawkins and John Pinna, a podcast of Roll Top Productions. If you like what you hear and would like to help defray the cost of the show, Consider sponsoring us on Patreon by visiting CrossingPhase.com. Crossing Phase is available on all your favorite podcast outlets, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Overcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. We'd appreciate your review of our program, especially in the iTunes store. Let us know what you think of the show via Twitter, at MTHawk, at JTPinna, or at Crossing Phase. Music for this episode is courtesy Vajra, whose music is available at TheVajraTemple.com, Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon. Show notes for this episode and more are available at crossingfaiths.com.